close your eyes and pull like down. <laughs> and a new Irish record for Phil Healy, 22.99. Christy Cooney hands over the Sam Maguire Cup to Graham Canty, Cork All-Ireland Champions for the seventh time ever. Hello and welcome to the Star Sport Podcast. My name is Jack McCarran of the Southern Star and I'm joined as always by Star Sport Editor Kieran McCarthy. On today's podcast we'll be catching up with Aston Villa and Ireland midfielder Connor Howrahan to find out how he's been getting on during lockdown. We'll also hear the abandoned man's thoughts on Stephen Kenny's appointment as Ireland manager playing alongside Jack Grealish, his memories of playing with Bandon AFC and what could have been if he'd stuck with the GAA. And Kieran, it was you who had the pleasure of speaking to Connor a little earlier on. First of all, how was he? And also, I believe he had some interesting things to say about the conclusion of this season's Premier League. Yeah, Connor was in great form, Jack. Um, good to catch up with him. Um, obviously, he's the, the reigning West Cork Sports Star of the Year. Um, so... Like I was saying to him, he could be the first man in the history of the of the awards to hold the uh, hold the title for two years consecutively because we don't know when sport will return this year, if it'll return. Um, yeah, Connor's in great form. Some interesting stuff about the Premier League and the kind of chatter he's hearing over over that there's a there's a very much a desire in England for there to be a clean season next year. So um and what he's heard too that they have an end date in mind for when this year's Premier League will finish so if we don't play the games I think there's a feeling that the league will be just kind of I suppose follow what's happened in, in France and Holland and maybe the league just won't resume um, I know UEFA have given a May 25th deadline to all the different leagues to kind of to put their kind of restart proposals together but from what Connor's saying that what he's heard and it's the chatter over I presume amongst the players and so on is that next season wants to be kept clean so that no remnants of this year's campaign would fall into the 2020-21 season so that would have ramifications for for clubs at the top and at the bottom of all the different leagues because we don't know still what would happen with Liverpool be kind of declared the champions because they were going to win it but what would happen teams in the relegation zone like Connors Aston Villa who are second from bottom at the moment but they had 10 games left so can you relegate Villa on kind of on final standings I don't know there's a lot of kind of um, moving pieces at the moment so it was just interesting to get Connors taking all that Well there's no point in burying the lead any further our listeners have heard enough from you and me over the last few weeks so let's jump straight into Kieran's chat with Connor Howran Delighted to be joined on this week's Star Sport podcast by Bandon's most famous son and West Cork's most famous soccer export Connor Howran how's, how's the form Connor? Yeah, not too bad, not too bad. Uh, good to be on, nice to have a chat about sport because there's not much else going on. Oh, that's it. And we kick straight off, actually, we go straight into, I suppose, Premier League at the moment because it's kind of, it's the hot topic. Um, there seems to be a real desire to get the Premier League up and running ASAP. Um, but I suppose, yeah. I suppose the health and safety of the players is first and foremost in all of this with what's going on. What's, what's your own thoughts on, on getting the Premier League back up and running, Connor? Yeah, yeah, there's 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 huge mixed signals. I think at the minute, um, one week I think no, not a chance. It's not going to come back, and then the next week they're they're trying to really push it. So um, I'm not sure where I'm where I'm at with it all. To be honest with you, um, you know, it's it's a real scary time at the minute for everyone, as everyone knows. You know, um, yeah, 
it, it would kind of sound and see that money's kind of getting talked about more than the health and, and safety of, of players and, and, and staff and all the rest of it. So I'm not too sure, to be honest with you, where it's all going to end up and what, how, how it's all going to finish. But I do know whatever happens, um, you know, safety of the players and all the staff is, is you know, really, really important for sure. And uh, whatever big decisions are made, there is going to be um, on a lot of unhappy people because, you know, whatever decisions happen, um, you know, everyone's not going to be happy, that's for sure, because mm-hmm. teams will miss out on, on whatever they're trying to seek, seek, you know, seeking to do um, for the end of the season. So it's, it's, there's big decisions to be made. And I, for one, I'm glad I'm not making the decisions, that's for sure. We can see around Europe at the moment that different leagues are starting to make decisions. Is it Holland? They've kind of null and voided yeah. the, their league. France yesterday kind of null and voided their league, but they, they cancelled it. And we could see that happening more and more over the next couple of, of weeks and, and months because I suppose the longer this goes on and the more the months pass by, it'll be harder to get the 2019-2020 season up and running. Like If you go to September, it's hard to see them finishing off the current season. Well, that's my, my thoughts. Or Yeah, well, from what I know, kind of in-house, um, they want to keep next season clean. That's from what we've been told. I think they're trying to finish off this season and, and or, or whatever, or, or, you know, are they kind of looking like they're trying to finish it off? But deep down, do they know the, the possible outcome already? Who knows? But from, from what I know and I've heard from different people, they want to keep next year clean as possible because, again, there's so much money involved in a clean season compared to, you know, kind of maybe losing out on X amount to try and finish off, you know, all the, we've got 10 games left, multiply that by, by 20, you know, it's, it's, it's not as much money to them, but it, like I said, it's all coming down to money. I hope it doesn't come down to just that. I hope players' safety and, 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 and you know, backroom staff safety gets taken into accord. But um, like I said, from what I know, I, I think that um, there will be kind of an end date to when we have to finish the season because they want to keep next year as clean as possible. Behind closed doors has been mooted a lot as well in, in all different sports. What's your own thoughts about playing football games behind closed doors? It's obviously not the same without the fans. Yeah. No, listen, the fans are obviously a huge part of, of every sport. It, it makes the atmosphere, it adds that tension, it adds that atmosphere. Um, so it wouldn't be easy, that's for sure. Um, you know, just before this kind of happened, I, I watched the, the last game I probably watched was United away to, I can't remember who they were away to now, but it was behind closed doors. So, um, that's the last game I watched, funnily enough. Um, so, yeah, it would be very, very strange. Um, I don't think it's as easy as what people are saying to organise. There's still going to be three, 400 people probably in around the stadium, which is a lot of people when you're only allowed to hang around with, you know, two or three at the minute. Um, so, yeah, it's going, to be, it's going to be very, very interesting, that's for sure. We don't know where this season is going to finish up, but how do you kind of assess your own first season in the Premier League um, with Aston Villa so far? Kind of, you've seven goals. I just checked there. You're you're still Villa's joint. You're, you're still Villa's second top scorer this season with seven goals in midfield. It's kind of an yeah. an up and down season, Connor. How would you how would you yeah, assess it? Yeah, frustrating, a mixed bag. Some highs, some lows. If I'm being brutally honest, a, a complete mixed bag. Um, you know, obviously achieved the dream of getting to the Premier League and, and, and scoring in the Premier League and kind of having a season here, hopefully longer, please God, if we'll, we'll, that would be, you know, we'll wait to see on that one. Um, but uh, yeah, it's been frustrating, you know, I would, like, I would have liked to have played more, I've worked so hard to get to this level and, you know, I probably haven't been given or haven't got the minutes that I would like. Um, I feel like when I've played, I've done all right in games, um, you know, scored a few and scored a few winners or whatever and 
the cup kind of competition, getting to the Carabao Cup final was kind of a, a, a way of forcing myself back into the team at times and doing well in that competition personally was good for myself. Um, so yeah, an up and down season on top of, you know, the club in general and, and the team having an inconsistent season, okay and good in some games and, and really poor in others. So I think consistency from a whole for the team and, and for myself is, is probably the key word jumping out of me and probably, like I said, a mixed bag for everyone. When you kind of, obviously your story has been well told from League Two right up to the Premier League and that jump from the Championship to the Premier League, it's the last step to take, but it's probably one of the biggest steps too. What did you find was the biggest difference in terms of, I suppose, the speed of the game and so on, going from Championship up to the Premier League? Um, everything, to be honest with you, Kieran, you know, it's uh, pace of the game, the quality of the players, the physicality of the players, they're, they're, they're elite, elite athletes, you know, um, on top of the media, you really can't get away from it. It's all over the place, the Premier League, all around the world, radio, Sky, news channels, back home. You know, you just can't get away from it. So the whole league in general is just so, so big, you know. Um, but in terms of games, probably just the, the pure quality of, of the players, how quick they are, how skillful they are. I know people always say, oh, what do you think of that player? What do you think of this player? I can guarantee anyone who plays in the Premier League is, is a good footballer because... Um, you know, little things like when you give away the ball, you don't get it back for a long period of time. Um, you know, you can easily, one mistake leads to a goal. You can get punished quite easily in this league. So it's been a, it's been a huge step up in, in all different aspects of the game. You were telling me before, I think it was Man City, when, when, they, when they visited you, I think they really did impress you. I think that was a, that a five or six nil, was it? Yeah, it was a 5-1 maybe. I think we need the goal at, at some stage. Um yeah, they were they were top class that day. It's the best team I've ever played. Easily, hands down, they were couldn't get near them. Um, they absolutely ripped, ripped us to shreds. Any any chance they got, you know, it was going in left, right, and centre. People like De Bruyne and David Silva, Guerrero, Mares. It was it, it was a tough day at the office, that's for sure. But it was a great experience at the same time. And a few months later, then we played them in the Carabao Cup final, and I feel like we gave it a good fist um, on the day. Um, you know that header that may have kind of just nicked it for us and gone to extra time and you never would have known it was always going to be a tough day don't get me wrong but when it was 2-0 down I thought oh please don't let this be embarrassing go to 5 or 6-0 so you know we took positives from that day listen hugely disappointing to lose a major final first time ever kind of getting that close to winning a major trophy Um, but yeah listen there's been um, on top of it being a tough season and whatever it's been it's been an amazing experience at the same time for a Man United fan to go to Old Trafford and put up such a, a, a great display against United, how does that rank in the highlights? Yeah, that's, that's right up there, of course. You know, um, I had my partner and, and my daughter and my mum and dad and, and people like that at the game as well. And, you know, obviously being a lifelong Manchester United fan, that was, um, that was right, right up there, especially as well to get a result, which is, you know, it would have been great, you know, if we didn't get a result, um, if, you know, if we got beat or whatever, but to get a result as well made that extra bit special kind of, walking off the pitch, getting a draw at Old Trafford, you know, being a United fan and going over to Old Trafford over years, numerous times to watch them play. Um, that was definitely a special time this year as well. And Jack Grealish is some fellow who's been kind of linked to United and, and other clubs, but you've, you've played with him now, Connor. How good is Jack Grealish? Yeah, he's, he's, he's top, top class um, in terms of pure ability and, and just sheer skill and technique level. He's probably easily, easily the best player I've ever played with um, to date. He's just got that gift that he runs quicker with the ball. When he when he kind of faces someone up, you're you're in real trouble. He skips he's skipping by the best players in this league um, so so easily. Um, yeah, he, until I kind of played with him and how he's developed over the kind of 
three years I've been here as well, he's 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 taken his game to a new new level over the last couple of years, especially in this league in the Premiership. I, I felt like in the Championship last year he was the real catalyst for for us when he came back from injury, and a lot of people say that. But he's taken his his, his game to a new level since he's come to the Premier League and, and took it by storm really. And you know, England team and getting that big move is is only a matter of time because you know. If I'm being brutally honest, he, he's too good for for our for our kind of our team, Aston Villa. I have to say, too, you left one West Cork man very disappointed in the last couple of weeks. Our MD Sean Mahan is a Sheffield man. He's a Sheffield Wednesday fan, and there, you did a, a the, the Athletic podcast a couple of weeks ago when you <laughs> mentioned that you could have gone to Sheffield Wednesday or Fulham before before you left Barnsley for for yeah. Villa back in January 2017. So just to rub it home with with, with Sean again, um, there was never a chance you were going to go to Sheffield Wednesday, was there? No, no, just I don't think so. Listen, for people that don't know, Barnsley and Sheffield, Sheffield Wednesday would be kind of um, Barnsley, kind of Sheffield Wednesday, Sheffield United would be the kind of teams, the arch rivals, Leeds as well, thrown into it, the kind of the main Yorkshire clubs. Um, and you know, I had such a fondness with with the Barnsley fans and with the owner, um, God rest him, he's passed away now at the time, um, Patrick Crane. Um, you know, there was an opportunity for myself maybe to pick Sheffield Wednesday over, and like I said, at Fulham and, and Aston Villa, but. And it would have been easy for myself to, to go to Sheffield Wednesday because I was two minutes away from the training ground, probably five minutes away from their ground from where I lived in, in Sheffield, but I would play it for Barnsley. But um, I just didn't want to kind of give up that um, connection I had with the club and, and the fans and, and the success I had there. So um, it never really entered my head to go there. So um, apologies. <laughs> apologies, Sean. Um, before I talk about Ireland, I have to just talk about Bend and AFC for a second. It's a very special year for them. It's their, it's their 50th anniversary, and I know they did a huge calendar of events kind of um, laid yeah. out to, to celebrate the year. Um, but on the club alone, how, how important was Bend in, in your development as a footballer, especially those, those very early days? Yeah, huge. Um, yeah, it's disappointing for, for themselves, obviously, like you said, the, the huge year that's in it and, and what's happening in the world. Like you said, the, they had so many, so many things organised. Um, as a club, uh, listen, it's where I started off. It's where I found my love for 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 soccer, and and kind of they gave me that freedom to go down and and, and play as, as often as I wanted and play with friends and you know play in your, for your local town. And yeah, it's it, it's 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 somewhere obviously close to my heart, the town in general, but of course the soccer club as well. You know, um, they gave me that platform to to really go and love the game and enjoy the game and and like you said, play with that freedom and. And that smile on my face, um, it was amazing, really. So, fond memories. And uh, it's, like I said, it's an amazing year from this year. But like I said, disappointing for, for what's happening in the world at the minute that they can't kind of fulfil their, their things that they wanted to do. There's some great people involved in Bend and AFC, always was. And still are. And Tony O'Leary has, has, made a, has made his living telling the story about the time when it was an under-14 game when you were playing and he invited some men down to, to, to watch you because he was raving about this special talent on the way up and... At halftime, it was nil all, and you you weren't playing too well. And Tony says that he told you in a way that um that fell over there. He thinks you're used to spoke and show him. And in the second half, you got four or five goals. Does, does, like Tony's told me that story a couple of times. Does does that ring a bell for you, Connor? Does it? Yeah, yeah. No, I get asked I get asked about this one a lot in, in different interviews or whatever because it's it's kind of a well known story that's kind of uh, got out there over the years. But um, no, I do remember the story. Like I said, I don't know if I scored the four or five goals in the end, but I do remember the story and I do remember the kind of occasion. Um, yeah, it's one of them stories that you look back on with a smile on your face, I suppose. It's the kind of, maybe that was the catalyst to start of my career where I've, I've proven a lot of people wrong over the years. So, um, you know, that was just another one to take off, really. Another fellow who's told me a couple of stories about you over the years is your good friend Brian Hurley of Cork Football fame. Um, yeah. 
go back to those early GA days and you are a really talented footballer and hurler. Like when you were younger, was it your aspiration and hope to be a cock hurler footballer? Yeah, without a doubt, it was. Um, it, it, it's what I wanted to do, really, as a young lad. Um, play for Cork, winning All Ireland with them in, in Munster hurling final and and football final or or whatever. Um, yeah, it was probably it's probably what I saw myself doing up until probably thirteen, fourteen, probably getting to that late stage, really, until I kind of made that switch over to soccer at the time. Um, always think back to, you know, over the years, I always have that kind of thought in my head: Would I have made it, or would I've got to the Cork team, or whatever, you know? But um, that question will never be answered. But uh, yeah, that's that's something that I wanted to do, definitely. Yeah. Did you run the Cork Primary Schools football team? I think you played in a halftime game down in Fitzgerald Stadium one year. In terms of football and hurling, what, what was your preference? Probably hurling, I'd say. Um, hurling is 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 a special. Listen, football is as well. It's an amazing game, but hurling's got that kind of uniqueness to it and the speed of the game is is, is is fantastic you know like I said Munster hurling final days and all Ireland hurling final days are are that bit more special for me anyway listen other people would say different um Munster hurling championship in, in general is for me is the, is the kind of the catalyst of the, of the summer um on, in GA calendar personally um but uh yeah I, I would probably say hurling um but uh, yeah, I still love it. No, I still love going to the court games and the banding games when I'm back. It's just that that love I have for the game um, will never go. Like I was saying, Brian has told me kind of countless times that you used to leave him on the flat of his arse because you turn him inside out. And, and, and kind of, kind of... nice to be out there. nice to be there. Would you still get time in your opening then to watch, to kind of keep in contact with even the local GA scene back home or even, let's say, the Cork inter-county teams when they're in action? Yeah, no, listen, all the time, yeah. Um, you know, when the championship's going on in the summer, when I get back, I like going to games and I speak to Brian, of course, and uh, see how he's getting on. And obviously my dad is tells me as much info as he can on, on different things. He'll be listening to all the radio channels and all the TV channels, you know, and the Sunday game and all the rest of it. So huge connection to it, of course, still now. And um, like I said, when I go back, I love going to Cork games and, and uh, abandoning games as much as I can. And I presume you'd have broken your uncle's heart and you wouldn't have, you wouldn't have sought to connect me. You'd have stayed with Bendon, would you? <laughs> I probably would have stayed with Bandon, all right. I couldn't have uh, couldn't have jumped ship there, even though like like you said, my dad and his family and, and, and Dan have got big um you know connections with, with Kilmax, but uh no Bandon where my heart is at him, but I'm afraid. Good stuff. And before I let you go, Connor, just just to turn to Ireland, obviously the Republic of Ireland's kind of seen um, been a change of manager in the last couple of weeks with um Stephen Kinney taking over from Mick McCarthy. For first uh, on Mick he really gave you your chance. Um, I know it was Martin O'Neill who brought you in and gave you your debut. Yeah. But Mick McCarthy had such faith and confidence in you when you started so many games un- under him. How, how big an impact has he had in your international career? Yeah, massive. Mick's probably, like like I said, been the person who really gave me that opportunity to put a foothold on my international career and and, and make that step. Obviously, Martin gave me um, the official kind of debut and dipped me in and out of a couple of games and gave me a few friendly starts and kind of never got a foothold of, of that scene. Um, and Mick obviously gave me that kind of faith and belief that, um, you know, I, w- I would get caps in games and minutes and felt like um, I did all right for him. I, I felt like I probably started off the campaign quite well and then dipped a little bit um, towards the end, uh, if, I'm, if I'm being honest. But uh, yeah, no, listen, I always have, um, you know, huge thanks to Mick for that because it's, it's something that I've always wanted to do. And, you know, when that new manager comes in, it's, it's a little bit unsettling. You don't know what's going to happen and, and whatever. So, um, for Mick to kind of, you know, like I said, put that faith in me was was fantastic. Stephen Kinney, now is it a case of trying to prove yourself all over again to the new manager? 
Yeah, of course, that's what it's all about. That this, uh, you know, in in my football career, I've seen a lot of managers come and go. So it's a, it's another another time again, and another time to to prove to a manager what I'm all about and and whatever. So hugely exciting time again. Um, heading into the playoffs, um, October time I think it is, or, or November. You know, if we get to the finals. So, um, yeah, it's going to be like I said, an exciting time. New manager always gives that new buzz and new ideas. So hopefully it will go. Um, ho- hopefully it will go to plan and be, will be a success. Do you, feel, do you feel? Do you still feel, Connor, that there's more to come from you at international level? I wrote a column there in the Star a couple of weeks ago, and I was just even highlighting your your creativity with, with club level from Plymouth to Barnsley to Villa, and your stats over the last couple of years have been incredible for for a midfielder. And then you look at I suppose the Ireland's set up, and you've won goal, and it was that obviously that brilliant goal against Georgia at Tivita. Do you still feel that Ireland fans have still to see the best of you in in a green jersey? Yeah, I think um, I go back to the start of this interview. This this, this season with, with Villa has been a mixed bag, and I think my international career has probably been a mixed bag. I've had some good performances and, and average performances, and not so great performances. Um, I think uh, you know at club level, like you said, I think a lot of the teams have suited my style of play. Whereas maybe with Ireland, it's a little bit more defensive and a little bit more, you know, you know, hold back a little bit and and, and let's have a go later later on in the games. That mentality. Um, I don't think that kind of brings out the best in, in, in me, but um, I'm hoping, obviously, the way Stephen's been talking, it's going to be a more passing football team. So I'm hoping that that will bring out um, consistently better performance in myself. And like I said, I'm, I'm 29, so I still feel like I'm in the peak of my career heading into the next kind of three, four years. So, um, yeah, I think uh, hopefully that exciting kind of football that Stephen wants to play will only benefit myself. I think all our Ireland fans are looking forward to kind of Stephen Kinney putting his stamp on the team because... If you look at the under-21s and his football philosophy, even with Dundalk, he, he likes to keep the ball on the ground. He likes his teams to attack. So for players like you, kind of that could be music to your ears. Yeah, I think so. That's, that's, you know, listen, that's the way he's been talking and he wants to dominate the ball and for the midfield to play a little bit more um, football. So like I said earlier on, I think um, you know, the, kind of the mentality of the Irish way is to kind of maybe defend and, and hold back and um, and nick a goal or whatever. So um, I think from from what Stephen's been saying, he's going to try and change that. And you know, we do have quality in the side. A lot of our players now are playing in the Premier League, um, or at least at the, you know at the very top of the Championship. So you know, there is quality there. I think sometimes people underestimate the quality that we have. So I think um, someone like Stephen's going to try and bring that out on us and, and and play more football, like and more attacking football. Which um, hopefully for myself that would suit me. You might have one more claim to fame by the end of the year because the way the sports kind of year is playing out, we don't know when sport will be back. And you are the reigning West Cork Sports Star of the Year. And the way it's looking at the moment, that you would hold that 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 um right. that title into the following year because we don't know what, what right. sports we're going to have. But even going yeah, back yeah. to that, to be crowned kind of West Cork's top sports star and the following in in sports in the footsteps of the O'Donovan brothers and Phil Healy and kind of elite international athletes like that, it, it must be a great honour for you to be recognised here by the people at home. Yeah, yeah, it's it's amazing, of course. You know, to be to to get awards like that is 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 always it means you're doing something something right. You know, listen to the way I am and 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 my kind of the, the, just the, the normal lad I am. I I just see myself as a normal lad from from Bandon playing soccer at at a decent level. Like so, you know, when awards like that come around, it's it's very very flat flattering. You know, um, you know, very close to people from back home and. Um, love going back home so like I said I just see myself as, an, as a normal normal guy fulfilling a dream so you know like I said it's it's great to get awards like that um, but you know it's it's I'd like to think that you know when someone from Bandon and West Cork comes through and, 
and gets to a level that I'm playing. And I suppose it, it kind of gives people um, from that part of the, from that part of Cork, you know, that kind of yeah, if he can do it, why can't I? Because you know, anyone can achieve whatever they set out to do in, in life. So um, no, it's great. Fantastic, and that's a great way to finish off. Connor, come here. Thanks for your time. Stay safe over. All right. No problem at all. And you look after yourself. Thanks for listening to the Star Sport Podcast, the only podcast dedicated to all things sport in West Cork. Don't forget to pick up this Thursday Southern Star newspaper, including our award-winning sports section with everything a West Cork sports fan could want. In shops across West Cork and online from anywhere in the world via www.southernstar.ie forward slash e-paper. The Southern Star and the Star Sport Podcast, number one for sport in West Cork. Welcome back to the Star Sport Podcast. And before we preview this week's Southern Star, which will be in shops everywhere from Thursday morning, we have to revisit last weekend's final of the Pitch Perfect competition, which for those of you who don't know, was the Southern Star's quest to find the best GAA playing surface in all of West Cork. It's gone on for the last number of weeks. There's been huge interest and the final last week was an absolute cracker. Kieran, maybe take us back to, to throw in last week and who came out on top and some of the some of the news from the final. So from the 32 pitches that started out at the beginning of this competition, um, that's 26 pitches from Carberry and 6 pitches from Beira, it was down to the final two last Saturday which was Ty McCorrig's um, Agraville pitch and Randall Oaks' Ben McCarragher pitch. And the first half to say, it was actually great, Jack, to get two top-class pitches through to the final because both pitches are among the best in in, um, in in West Cork. So that was brilliant, I suppose, for the almost the credibility of the competition that we two super pitches through and in and in the final. Um, the final itself was a cracker. It was actually like we're without live sport at the moment and people that were following it like it was a match you check in every now and again to see how the votes are going to see what was happening and so on um, over nearly 4,200 votes were cast in the final alone which is a phenomenal amount and um, I know you tipped Tyke McCorrig right at the outset when we did the draw for the group stages a couple of weeks ago and your prediction came true and what was noticeable about Tyke McCorrig is their late surge in, um, in the knockout stages Um they beat Oliver Plunkett's, it was 50.4% against 49.6%, so less than 1% in it, and it came down to a late surge. Tyg McCorrig got the better of Bear Island in the semi-final, again another late surge, so they were the kings of the comeback in this competition, and at one stage on Saturday, Jack, Randall Oak laid, I think it was uh, 57% to 43%, but then, sure as, sure as night follows day, Tyg McCorrig came back again, and it was level pegging, and it was tit for tat all through the night and then Cora finished very strong and they won 46-54 um, so it was, it was just good fun very entertaining because um, clubs were looking for votes left right and centre Randall Lowe got Michael Healy Ray to vote for them and then Ty McCora came back with a Pope Francis account on Twitter who gave who gave um, he gave Ty McCora his blessing it wasn't Pope Francis in, in the Vatican I can confirm that it was indeed Pope Francis but still very impressive to get um, I suppose get to get a holy backing like that so good crack good fun great pitch that won at Agaville and we have a full match report Jack in Thursday Southern Star and I'd safely guess that this is the only live match report from a sporting event in Ireland this week I've after match reaction I have a highlights panel I have a scoreline 
I have pictures. Um, like we're we're kind of it shows why we're number one in West Cork and beyond. I think with our with our match report this week, Jack. Yeah, well, if that's not a reason to pick up a copy of this week's Southern Star, I don't know what is. We should probably give a shout out as well to KK Film Productions who sent us a great little video highlighting the the top class nature of the pitch. It just showed the facilities and the surface itself. I think the big thing about that field is the surface itself. It's perfect for hurling, perfect for football. So worthy winners, and I'm going to pat myself on the back for picking them at the start but Kieran, you mentioned the match report that's going to appear in this week's Southern Star as I said that's one reason to buy it but there are a myriad of other reasons as well aren't there there is yeah we're coming up to Bank Holiday weekend so we've a action packed 16 page sports supplement for for um, all Southern Star readers there's a couple of really good pieces in, in there and Jack I have a big interview with Gary O'Donovan obviously Gary O'Donovan of the O'Donovan Brothers fame and um, Gary's talking about trying to get back in the Irish lightweight double that will be going to next year's Olympics Gary lost his seat in the boat to Fintan McCarthy last year and Gary wants to get back in that boat and he's leaving no stone unturned and just, just on Gary that one Kieran, one of, Kieran just on um, Gary's quest to get back into the seat for Tokyo it was announced yesterday that if the Olympics don't go ahead as planned next year they're going to be scrapped altogether which uh wouldn't be great for the likes of a, a, a Gary O'Donovan or some of the athletes who they're not quite at their peak yet but no they're not getting any younger so the wait could well go on if we can't get a lid on this in the next few months that's exactly it there's talks I suppose it's very early now we don't know what the landscape will look like 12 months down the line but it has been mooted right that the Olympics don't go ahead in 2021 in Tokyo that's it that they won't that they won't happen as opposed to Paris in 2024 so what knock on effect that will have on the roars we won't know till till next year when that decision is made but back to this feature with with Gary and um, he's always one of the best people to interview Jack he's so honest and forthright and he never hides behind a question and he always tells you what he feels so his interviews are always a great read and he's in top form um, again in this interview kind of talking us through how he felt not being in the boat what he's doing now and so on and there's also he also chats about how himself and Paul are back home in Skibreed at the moment and how they're having to work from home and train from home during the ongoing kind of restrictions and, and lockdown. So he says that they're the exact same as everyone else, that they have to work from home and that they're sticking to the guidelines and so should everybody else because we have to kind of work together to, to suppress the virus. So good good stuff from Gary O'Donovan. I think that will appeal to um, a lot of sports fans and even beyond. I've also a big feature... Um, on the Castlehaven under-21 team that won the 1998 West Cork and County football titles, Jack. Um, that was a very, very special Castlehaven team because it actually proved the foundation for a lot of the success that followed in the next decade and a half. Um, 18 of the players involved in that 98 Castlehaven um, under-21 team went on to be part of the senior team that won the county senior football title in 2003 and more of those fellas were involved in the 2012 and 2013 successes and of that 1998 Castlehaven under-21 team there's still 17, 18, 19 of those men still involved in the team right now sorry, involved in the club right now in terms of coaching, there's two fellas still playing um, uh, Shane Hurley and um, Paulie Hurley so it just shows that that 98 Castlehaven under-21 team has been such an important part of of the of Castlehaven's success in the last fifteen years, so I think it's a very interesting 
piece for not only Castlehaven fans but for GA fans in general to see how one team has spawned so much success and how one team is still giving so much back to the club 22 years on and I've talked I've spoken to different people like Inda Buckley um, Paddy Hurley James McCarthy and Inda Buckley made a great point explaining why players in Castlehaven why people in Castlehaven put so much back into the club and why the club is so important to them so that's a really strong piece in this week's sports section as as well as that we've continue our series of um, talking to West Cork people abroad Jack and this week it's John Bob's Daly from St Mary's GA Club in, in, in Ballinine he's now down in New Zealand playing with Wellington GAA and he's made a big impact down there since he moved in 2018 and he was also he tells me involved in the first ever Hurl Lacrosse game that was played in the Southern Hemisphere and I'd never he- heard of Hurl Lacrosse which is a, a, a cross between hurling and, and lacrosse so Good stuff by John Bob Staley, and it's a chance for us here at home just to check in on how one of our exports is doing abroad. Scene two, how it is the bank holiday begin, Jack. I've got 10 local sports stars to give me their Netflix recommendations um, for, for, for our readers so they can head past the time. So we're from Tiger King, The Morning Show, Thomas Clancy of, of Clannacilty in Cork football fame has gone for Friends, which I can... 100% see why I've watched every Friends episode two or three times at this stage. It's a staple diet on, on Comedy Central, but we've Neve Cotter and so many more and, and given us their TV recommendations. Um, great interview by Dennis Hurley with Aidan Quirk, who's the new head greenkeeper at Clannacilty Golf Club. And if, if restrictions are being relaxed, golf could be one of the first sports that could come back online. So good to see how Clannacilty Golf Club are are taking over and also we have a lovely story about how a, a young Man United fan from Drina had his question for Bruno Fernandes answered by the Portuguese superstar at manunited.com so it's a lovely kind of local story of a, a, of a United fan posing a very tough question to Bruno Fernandes and I'm going to pose the, the same question to you Jack if you could play with either Paul Scholes or Roy Keane who would you pick and why? Um if I was to pick purely based on who the better player was overall, I would definitely play with Roy Keane 100% of the day. Uh, 100% of the time, I don't buy into all this kind of Paul Scholes after timing that he was some sort of shabby light that Man United fans have <coughs> put out there in the world since he's retired. But if I was to want to avoid confrontation, which I tend to like to do in match situations, so I'm not always delighted to be playing with people who are roaring at me throughout the game it drives me demented all I can do is tell them to F off so I don't know how well that will go down with Roy Keane so but I'd have to lean with Roy I'd probably take the bollocking just to just to get to share a field of him but this nonsense about Paul Scholes being the greatest midfielder of his generation just really kind of sickens me said by a bitter Liverpool fan kind of holding on to the Stevie G argument but I can see where you're coming from I can see where you're coming from and I, I just want to mention one more piece in this week's Southern Star Sports section um, there was a, a very special 30th birthday for a huge Carby Rangers fan this week Niall Flavin and he's known throughout the division everybody knows Niall and he celebrated his 30th birthday this week and we have a lovely um, story about Niall um, in, in this week's star so happy birthday to Niall um, kind of his 30th birthday kind of celebrating it in lockdown um, not how he or anyone would, would have wanted but um, 
He's a he's a great character and a very familiar face on the GA fields of West Cork. So that's another reason to pick up Thursday's Southern Star Jack. Yeah, so loads of reasons there as listed out by Kieran why you should pick up this Thursday's Southern Star, which is in shops across West Cork and beyond from Thursday morning. And if you can't make it to the shop for any reason, you can also pick up a copy of our digital edition. Just log on to www.southernstar.com ie forward slash e-paper and you can read the southern star for as little as two euro per week what great value anyway thanks for listening to this episode of the star sport podcast we'll be back soon if you enjoy these shows please make sure to rate review and subscribe on itunes spotify youtube acast stitcher or wherever else you listen to the show